was impossible. They've been to Perth, to Melbourne, to Sydney, to Melbourne, and they've come back. Welcome to Who's On Him Grand Final Review Edition. In fact, probably Season 2023 Review Edition. Well, you heard from the intro there, JR, that we have a Premier. He's been crowned. And in fact, he's in the room right now. And uh, at the risk of sounding incredibly arrogant, uh, it's me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I thought you were uh, maybe talking about me for a second and then I remembered I had the fantasy season from hell. So <laughs> it must have been you. So congratulations. You must be feeling on top of the world, on cloud nine. Uh, yeah, I have been. I have been since uh, Sunday night as well. It's uh, very hard to drag me down from this cloud right now, uh, although a few <laughs> boys in the chat may have tried to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Been uh been keeping a few tickets this week. Um, just going back through my saved messages and so on, just making sure that I uh I, I reply to a few of them. And as you saw yesterday with the uh, greatest draft hand comments, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll get to everybody in time. Um, we're just enjoying the moment right now. <laughs> it's, do you would know- you say? Would you say there's one person in particular that you'd really like to kind of shout out for the extra motivation they provided you through the year? Let's save that for the premier interview. <laughs> <laughs> What I will say... People are turning off already, by the way. What I will say is it's going to be incredibly hard to do this podcast without coming across as an arrogant dick because for everybody in the podcast space, uh, I had initially planned to do an interview with the Premier from basically the moment we you know, started uh, the podcast at the end of the year, sort of what we did with Norman in the first episode. Um, I just didn't anticipate it would be me, so <laughs> I, had to, I had to give you interviewing... Uh, interviewing uh, I guess agency and to do your own thing but um, look I'll try to I'll try to be as humble as possible but anyway JR what's been happening anything in your life nothing nothing really I, I'm still kind of processing that the uh, the crow season has has ended and what the hell I'm meant to do for the next six months so <laughs> we're, we're we're kind of in that uh, in that space at the moment how about you yeah um yeah, look, to be honest with you, most of my attention has gone on to fantasy over the last three to four weeks. So <laughs> as happy as I am right now, I'm a bit lost. So um, no, I don't know what I'm going to do over the next few weeks. I am going to the qualifying final, uh, Port v. Brisbane, which will be very exciting. And I'll be uh, actively supporting my uh, second and maybe sometimes debatable in your eyes, first team in the <laughs> Brisbane Lions. It, this is the first time that I will allow a, uh, a rabid... Uh... A rabid term of uh, second team supporting. So well, the, yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say free reign, free reign for next week. Being rabid as well, I'll be the only person rabid at that game. I feel like, <laughs> like I went to a prelim final COVID year up here when we visited Alicia's mum, and it was the Brisbane Geelong prelim, and nobody cared. Like I, I kept comparing it back to 2017, where we were like, I don't know, like we couldn't speak at the the pre drinks before. <laughs> people like dressed in full lines gear that just did not care about it. I was like, somebody care. <laughs> I would contend that like, at least by the end of the game, they probably couldn't speak because they would have had like their body weight in Bundaberg rum. So um, <laughs> at least they kind of got there in the end. Four X it's, it's four X there, which is oh, oh, well. uh, unfortunately the same as Adelaide over as well. But anyway, uh, JR, <laughs> let's launch into it. This could be, well, it should be a short podcast, but it may be a long one with how we started. Let's get into <laughs> Let's get into get him off. Fucking get him off. 
Yeah, um, he's coming off. Get him back off. Get him off. Get him off. Get him off. Rocket, rocket. We can't hear. If you don't mind, I'm going to kick things off today because although I have had a very positive week, uh, it didn't start necessarily positive if we count Sunday as the the first day of the week. And that was um, due to, and I'm really reluctant to do this on the podcast because my dogs cop an awful amount of shit in the group chat. (laughs) (laughs) An awful amount of shit. And I love them to death. And I will do absolutely anything for them. So it's just going to give the the trolls of the world, they know who they are, uh, a bit of a platform <laughs> to stand on. But Sunday morning, I walk down uh, to downstairs at our house and I go to feed our dogs. Yep, everything all good. I walk back upstairs. Otis has woken up at this stage. I go get him ready, change him. And we both walk downstairs after that. In that 15-minute period that I had fed them, uh, my golden Labrador, Maggie, uh, has decided to jump on the counter. Well, just leap up to the counter and has managed to like swipe down <laughs> a, uh, a kilo of Nutella uh, in its jar, somehow open it. I guess it wasn't tightened and maybe the fall maybe popped off the lid or something <laughs> along those lines and has then proceeded to lick the entire rim <laughs> and the entire sides of the Nutella jar clean to the point you can see directly through. Now for any vets in the group, um, <laughs> chocolate or uh, cocoa powder and uh, as i found out uh, the high oil content in nutella is uh, a lethal combination <laughs> for dogs so my sunday morning keep in mind we'll go into the the grand final chat after but my um entire saturday was getting my ass kicked in fantasy and i thought it was basically more or less over so i've had a bad saturday i've woken up my dogs decided to eat nutella so i've rushed her to the brisbane emergency vet uh, waited there for two hours um, and then to be charged $430. And the only <laughs> thing they've made her do is vomit. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the good news is the wait time at the Brisbane emergency vet is, uh, I would say, at least sort of three times quicker than any hospital in metropolitan Adelaide. So it's good that the dogs are, you know, they're getting uh, quick medical attention. That's the uh, that's the most important thing. Well, I didn't actually tell you this, but we were ramped. <laughs> <laughs> At the vet, yeah, we were stuck there for ages, and I was trying to, you know, um, my my dog's my dog's dying, my dog's dying. It it wasn't <laughs> dying; it just needed to vomit. Um, so yeah, look, my get him off this week is to my dog Maggie, uh, for costing me four hundred and thirty dollars. And thank fuck, I won the fantasy prize money because that would be a uh, well something that I didn't really want to spend uh, any of my current money on. So <laughs> I, I do have one question. Mm. Um. I would say that Maggie's probably your least problematic um, canine. <laughs> That's the issue. She's the better one. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. Yeah, canine. Canine's the dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where was Lenny, Lenny during was... the Nutella eating uh, escapades? Here's the thing. I have a theory on Lenny. He's the one who uh, I would say is traditionally more... Uh... I don't want to use this word, but more naughty. He's the one who normally does this sort of stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's knocked off the Nutella and then gone, oh, shit, I shouldn't really do this. And Maggie's gone, fuck, yeah, give me the Nutella. <laughs> Has proceeded to, <laughs> to finish a job. Um, so, no, Lenny was doing the right thing. He was outside just sort of going about his business. And, um, yeah, I've got a, a photo of Maggie basically licking the, uh, the jar of Nutella that you've seen, <laughs> like lips out and everything. Like, it's so bad. Excellent. Look. That's the only way to really eat a jar of Nutella, so I, I I don't blame her. That's fair enough. All right, you're up. You'll get them off. Look, I, I don't really have any kind of specific one. It sort of kind of follows on from the the conversation that we were having earlier of, of just 
I don't know whether I can go after this as a, as a get him off, but like the summer sporting schedule, <laughs> just I'm I'm looking at it. I'm thinking, wow, is there anything I can really get into here that I can go to? And I, I don't think there is, which which lends itself to, yeah, I don't know, six months of, I, I don't know what I'm going to have to do, like get into gardening. You can get into gardening. I can see you as a gardener. Yeah, the only only problem is we don't have a garden, so. <laughs> yeah, do it for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of old old ducks around that you could maybe jump in their garden and um, and have a crack, but I don't know, just looking at like, I mean, Cricket Australia, like you can't bring the West Indies out two years in a row. That <laughs> I, I don't care what the ICC Future Tours program says, like that can just not happen from any sort of commercial perspective. Like, are you keen to see like uh, Captain Jason Holder back out, or <laughs> there might be a new there might be a new captain by now? But I don't know. We'll assume it's still him from last year. Or are you are you excited? No, not does particularly. Craig Bra- does Craig Brathwaite get you going? Like, no, but, but do you know what it does? It's the the summer of David Warner. He's going to <laughs> like. Well, obviously he's already announced his retirement, but he's going to obviously score a bunch of runs against his third rate team. <laughs> and you know what's going to happen? It's going to be the the discourse in the media around. Oh, should he be going? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know if I know David Warner. If that discourse starts up. He will utilize that and leverage that into uh, another multi-year contract as quick as possible. So I don't know. Will you be going to either the Gabba or the Adelaide Oval or maybe his final test at the SCG to give him a standing ovation? I, I borderline refuse to go to a game based on the fact that they stole our <laughs> test match from us. Like the that Yeah, that's that's fair. That's that's bullshit. That you like there's no reason to rip that from us apart from a bit of punishment. Um for <laughs> <laughs> for early, was it early this year or late last year, I can't remember. Yeah, trying to uh, trying to steal the New South Wales yeah. uh, New Year's New Year's test, yeah, uh, which was uh, quickly uh, quickly rebuffed. Um, I don't know. I just I just don't think there's anything I can get into. Like, I mean, you know my opinion on the Big Bash. I, I won't be partaking in that uh, absolute disgrace. But... You say that, but you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, Tuesday night and the uh, I don't know Sydney Thunder are, are playing the Hobart Hurricanes, <laughs> and there's nothing else on. Do you think, and I would say that um, she's been quite patient throughout the football season with you probably watching more games than what, you know, she was anticipating, but do you think you can get uh, Tali on board for like <laughs> for like Hobart, Hobart versus Perth for like a Tuesday night? I don't know. I, I, I think I, I think I may struggle with that one. So I think it's pick your, pick your battles and that is, that that's not a, not a hill to die on. So yeah, we uh, we might be giving that one uh, that one the swerve. So it's really waiting until the Australian Open comes back, I think, before anything that you could really sink your teeth into. Well, I was about to say you said six months, and realistically, it's not. You've got September, uh, October, November, December, and a little bit of January to wait for there. So you've got about four months, and that's when everything really kicks off again. I guess the Australian Open is fun in general, and it's more fun because it's now tied to our picks in the twenty twenty four draft. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's. It's manageable, I, but it's not great. I, I feel like as a group, we're going to have to do something, like whether it's something leading into determining something for the Australian Open, which I know we've joked about before, but maybe it's time <laughs> to make that a reality. Like, I don't know, like the first eight weeks of the NBL season. Like... Oh, that's something we can get into, actually. I'm I'm all for the NBL season. You're ready for the the uh, Adelaide 36s? I, I don't know. I, 
I was disappointed with last year because I was really pumped up about uh, Craig Robinson. I've forgotten his name. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Wait, was it Craig Robinson? I forgot his name. Craig Randall. No, that, that was Craig Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something? I feel like it might be a footballer. Am I thinking? It's Craig something, wasn't it? No, no. Yeah, Craig, Craig Randall III. Craig, Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson is an America actor and comedian. Oh, he plays Daryl on The Office. There you go. <laughs> I thought you were maybe thinking of Mark Robinson. No. I was like, there will not be any athletic pursuits from him over the offseason. So, um, I don't know. I, I was disappointed because I felt like that had a bit of traction last year with uh, Craig Randall, and then it turned out that he was, yeah, maybe not the best. Well, when John Wall best comes. teammate, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought we were getting Chris Paul, and <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to downgrade to John Wall, and then now it's I don't know who was the import we got, uh, Jacob Wiley. So I don't know. Maybe you'll have to get behind the Brisbane Bullets. They have a team, right? Uh, they do, but I will be. Well, when does the NBL season start? Like late September, early October. Yeah, like I want to say October. There, I'll only be here for like six weeks, and then I'm back to to Adelaide life. So um, look, I. I'm happy adopting the Brisbane Lions as my second team up here. I don't think I'm going to go as far as adopting the Brisbane Bullets. <laughs> well, that well, that's good because I feel like we have we have an investment in the 36ers with uh, the uh, the Keiths obviously doing mm. the uh, electrical work down there. So mm. you know we want to really sort of get behind the team and get behind the electricians behind the team. Right, that's that's the um, only reason I support them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if there's any any slip ups on the uh, lighting. Uh, on the lighting front this year, we will be asking questions. While we're on Dean and his uh, line of work, can I just give a shout out to probably our most loyal listener throughout the year, who I heard was very <laughs> excited the podcast was back uh, last week, and that is Dean's <laughs> Apprentice. Uh, well done, mate. Uh, I can announce live on the podcast right now, JR. Um, this is just to clarify for the people in the group, this is not promotion relegation. We are not entertaining that. Uh, but Lockie Norman is working behind the scenes right now to start up an AAAAFL Reserves League called the... S quadruple A NFL. <laughs> and uh, we're putting the likes, well, we're going to offer the likes of uh, Dean's Apprentice and uh, Dean's brother and a few others that we know of that are interested. Brent, I think might get a run in there. So uh, if you're yep. interested in the Reserves League, please put in an express, uh, expression of interest uh, and also your CV and a 2000 word response to the questions listed on our website. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Love to hear it. Uh, I think that was get him off, but we went off <laughs> on a million different tangents. Uh, we're going to be back with the review of the grand final after the break. All right, welcome back. It is time for the 2023 Quadruple AFL grand final review. Seesawing game. It was uh, definitely tipped into Keefe's favour early, came back into my favour on the Sunday with a final score of 15.85 revolving doors, defeating the Keefe's 15.48. Only 37 points in the end, um, but it was a 37 points that was probably, it didn't feel as close as that because of the uh, stacked last game where I had three versus two with some pretty good players in it. So uh, although I definitely wasn't comfortable in that last game, uh, it, <laughs> it, uh, I don't know, it, it felt a little better than if I was chasing a mother load with those three players. So, um, <laughs> all right. I don't know how to frame this, JR, because 
as we were discussing in the ad break, you uh, you have deleted everything off fantasy, as we also discussed last week. And that means that I'm going to have to basically somehow humbly talk about this game as best as possible. So uh, I'm going to try and do it matter of fact. I, 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 can, I can sort of lead you sort of through the uh, the things that were in the group. So how were you feeling when Sam Flanders was absolutely going uh, on an absolute heater not on good. Uh, Saturday afternoon? Not, not good. Oh. I, all right, let, let me take it back. It said, we'll just go day by day. All right, <laughs> Friday night, there was only one player played. That was Hepps, and he was on track for about 120. Uh, th- this is Keefe's uh, Dyson Heppel. He was on track for about 120 at three-quarter time, was on 85, and ended up on 95. And I thought, oh, that's not a bad omen. I'd probably take that considering where he was um, sitting. And then that was it. It was sort of run of the mill. And I was like, all right, Saturday, how good. We've got, you know, roughly even amount of players playing. Um, I've got a few few big guns. He's got more big guns, but we should be fine at the end of this. And then in the early game, Sam fucking Flanders decided to drop <laughs> the score of all – well, one of the scores of all scores this season, um, 152. And this is what I mean. I think I said it last week where Keefe's just make the right – calls like he just constantly gets things right uh he had a choice between noah anderson who's been his vc all year and sam flanders and he's like ah roll the dice in a grand final keep in mind of putting that vc on sam flanders and sure enough it paid off so uh you asked me to describe my emotions um not not good um (laughs) (laughs) we were on the way to watch uh the mighty brisbane lions at the gabba and i was getting alicia just to periodically like refresh my (laughs) fantasy (laughs) And she goes, uh, Flanders has now uh, 98 points. And I was like, hang on, no, you only had like 70-something before. She's like, no, no, it says 98 there. <laughs> it, it was absolutely heartbreaking to watch. So, yeah, no, not good. Not good. That That's fair. Um, he was my my tip for the uh, the Norm, Norm Schmidt medal as well, Sam Flanders. So You should have put money on, although I don't think it was paying that much because it is Norm Bear after all. <laughs> It's about, the, it's about the sixth favorite, and he's paying a dollar forty. And then Norm- there is no world, and no then- world where that is a worthwhile bet. And then Norman uh, then proceeds in the side group chats to go. Well, Norm bets up this year. <laughs> I wonder why. I have bet once. I've bet once with Norm bet in my life. One, and I am pretty happy to never go back and <laughs> just say I'm up. So. <laughs> the house is definitely winning with me, but I, I do remember last year, I think it was in a semi-final actually, I bet on, or might have been the year before, I bet on myself uh, to beat John and a couple of other things going on and ended up winning $78. And I was like, oh, that's actually oh. not bad. Uh, but then he also posted a profit margin of like 300 and something dollars that year. So it, it all, it all <laughs> evens out for him. <laughs> Had you heard, like, I think it was mentioned in the group that um, I think it was Grady that was uh, starting up a... Uh, a competitor <laughs> on the uh, quadruple AFL betting market. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. I think a bit of uh, healthy competition and less of a monopoly on the uh, on the fantasy betting would be uh, good to see. Twenty end of twenty twenty one, start of twenty twenty two. There was a competitive uh, aspect to the betting organisations, and that was Beat Bet uh, from Bradley Williams. If anybody remembers <laughs> that. And I forgot about Beat Bet. It, uh, the only thing is he never actually provided any odds or anything. He just kept saying... <laughs> he just kept saying... It was all all promo, like all promo material. <laughs> it's, like one of those, it's like one of those crypto projects where they like... 
it's just all marketing and like no fundamentals behind it and then he takes your money <laughs> it was the, i remember asking him a few times i oh, you know put some odds in blah blah blah. He's like yeah yeah we'll do <laughs> <laughs> and then i think push came to shove it i think i i'm gonna claim that i killed beat bet was I chucked um, both of them in a group and I demanded one of them sponsor <laughs> the Good Trooper AFL. <laughs> and uh, I think Norman said that he'll keep providing the odds and so on and B-Will just did nothing. So uh, that was the end of Beat Band. Are we, uh, are we sure that like Normbet didn't kind of, yeah, a hostile takeover <laughs> on uh, on Beat Bet with his $300 worth of profit margin? <laughs> Well, he's a how much do you think it would have taken? How much do you think it would have taken to buy out Beatbet, like, like just to get him out of the uh, out of the market? I don't think much because I was only asking for like fifty bucks worth of sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> or no, actually, no, no, it was much more than that. I asked everyone to. <laughs> this is before we had uh, quadruple AFL beanies to um, supply everyone with a quadruple AFL beanie. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't have a figure for the buyout of Beatbet, but I do know that it didn't last very long, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh so yeah either either be well to bring beat bet back or grady to uh yeah start up his own uh his own competitor to norm bet so it'd be good to see maybe both well a competitive market is required because uh, those odds are absolutely terrible um <laughs> saturday jr was an absolute nightmare just from go to woe so uh we had that massive sam flanders game my brisbane lions players did absolutely nothing and it was i was calling it internally basically over which is apparently my catchphrase and my go-to that that doesn't sound like you at all <laughs> basically by the end of saturday night um even though he had a few dogs players go absolutely terribly but just to put it into perspective everybody i had three less players played and i was down by 700 with the captain score so that works out to be if you take the captain score which wow. was one, yeah which was 150 um, double that, that's 300 points. And then I d- technically had an average of 200 per player to make up at that stage. So excuse me for thinking that I was a bit done, but I was a bit d- In fact, uh, Norm from Normbet uh, messaged me and goes, I think you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what- did, he, did he pay out? Did he pay out on Keith at that oh, point? God, no. He hardly <laughs> pays out on the actual winners. <laughs> Um, what I, what I will say is my Sunday, I had big guns coming and he had a couple, but all of the players coming were, uh, yeah, capable of some big scores. And that's exactly what they did. So on the Sunday I had Dan Houston, 121, Viney, 131, uh, Tom Green, 109 and Rosie as the VC, 140 needing to go close to that Sam Flanders score. So, uh, I will say, yeah, look. I wouldn't say I got away with one because it's just the way that the games were sort of set up that the Sunday players for my team were a little better than my Saturday players. Um, but my fucking God, that is a big chase down. And I'm pretty, pretty happy with that because I was, yeah. I mean, Jay, if you were 700 points down with three and a captain gone, would you count yourself over? Oh, I mean, this year, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be, you'd be thinking the worst. You'd be thinking you're, you're unlikely to, to pull it out from there. So no, it's a uh, it's a great comeback story for you. Well, that's what we are. No, I'm not, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't be arrogant. Um, no, nah, it was it was very good. I was very very happy with the win. I was 
an absolute anxious mess probably from, well, I'd written myself on, uh, off on the Sunday. So I was kind of like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. And then the port boys got me back into it. And then that was it. Like Alicia was trying <laughs> to talk to me. I was pacing up and down the house. I was, I was actually <laughs> sweating. I was walking around my house that much. Like just pacing. Oh, it, was, it was borderline. Jo- it was really, really bad. Um, so I'm not saying I wanted it, but I definitely wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, less about the game because this is not the fun stuff. We'll get into the Premier interview very, very shortly. But uh, once again, commiserations to Keefe. It's a very, very good season. Um, doing it most of the year without Clayton Oliver, LDU and a few others. Um, what can I say? Happy to get one on the board. And I am I think I said this to a few people in the group. I'm just happy to hopefully not take this as seriously next year. <laughs> You'd know from having one in the bag that I think you can just take the foot off the pedal slightly and you're not having to pace around your lounge room so anxiously on a Sunday. Oh, and, and it's probably, you've got at least 10 years of like being relatively, you know, happy that you've won one. Like, what is it? There's people in the group now that have played all five years and have not won one. And that weight on your back will just grow and grow and grow. Who, who would you say has the biggest like weight on their shoulders of the non-premiership uh, quadruple AFL players? Uh, you're setting me up here. Um, <laughs> well, I would say because he has. Okay, no, I'll give you. I'll give you two people. Um, I would yeah. say the first one. I, he... think we, I think we've got the same two. But <laughs> Ooh, oh no, three actually, because I know who you're going to say. Okay. And you just reminded me. Yeah, uh, Regan is obviously one. He is a. Uh, <laughs> A consistent April premiere, and he's always around the mark. Like this is actually not a just a, a dig at Regan. His teams are always pretty good for the most part. They're always you know finals worthy, and normally around that prelim final mark. So um, definitely has to uh, take that next step. Um, I love how I can say this with the absolute confidence in the world now, knowing that I don't have to worry about. Oh, you don't have a fucking flag. <laughs> uh, I would say that. Jono, obviously, is now four prelims in a row with absolutely nothing. He is one. Uh, and there is one other who I don't really want to say, but I'm going to, and that's uh, Bradley Williams, uh, who Ooh. came as close as anyone to a grand final last year with a 17 and 1 team or something stupid like that. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like he had a bad year this year, but he's, once again, consistently around the mark, knows his shit, so... Um, I think, yeah, it's more the, the cellar dwellers who uh, just, <laughs> just <laughs> not necessarily, uh, I don't know, they, they don't have expectations, so it's hard to live up to them. So <laughs> they don't have to worry too much. <laughs> did I, did oh, I miss any God. of yours? I, no, no, you covered you covered my my couple I had in mind. I, I wasn't going to mention, mention B-Will, but yeah, but fuck, he went 17-1 and one last year. <laughs> I forgot about that. Didn't we? Brutal. Bloody heck. Absolutely brutal. That is unbelievable. Uh, anyway, that is the uh, grand final review. Um, shout out to Sam Flanders, the Norm Schmidt medalist. Uh, 154 in a final is incredible. But would you? So if Sam Flanders won the Norm Schmidt medal, would you say that Connor Rosie won the? Uh... <laughs> My heart. The moral, uh, the moral, yeah, your heart, but the moral Norm Schmidt medal. Oh, absolutely, which, yeah. Uh, Just to touch on uh, the other game, um, there was another game on. It what was a, what a, other game? No, there was one apparently, but I can't find any of the results. So uh, once again, if you'd like to find out the result of that game, please contact those people directly. <laughs> well, I actually think they may not even know. Uh, the uh, results are currently making their way 
across the Indian Ocean. Um, <laughs> yeah, on a on a bottle um, floating in the ocean. So um, it's obviously made the trek across the uh, across Central Africa from the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, where the game was played. Absolutely. Um, and it's currently uh, yeah currently bobbing in the sea. Um, so you may find it gets here um, you know in, in in a few years. So if you're still interested. In a few years, we may find out the result of that game. Podcast 2025. Stay tuned. <laughs> We're going to take another quick break and we'll be back for a short interview with me. Welcome back. Now, as I mentioned before, I had this all ready to go. I even wrote out a few questions probably a couple months ago for whoever the Premier was uh, in anticipation for this pod. And now I've uh, had to relinquish my interview duties over to JR, who is going to take over because I was not expecting to be in this position. Here we are. Happy days. Uh, JR, are you ready to interview? And is this your first interview you've ever done on the other end? Uh Yes, yes, I was. I uh, did a little bit of work with the uh, Adelaide Adrenaline, uh, the mm. ice hockey team, for uh, for a couple of months. But uh, yeah, my first ever, uh, yeah, recorded interview, I would uh, I would say. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, obviously, you've said that you've kind of provided uh, some of the questions and you forwarded them on to me, um, uh, which you weren't expecting to be the premier. But what people don't know was you actually sent me these questions through three months ago. So <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so uh yeah we'll uh yeah yeah we'll uh get it cracking um quite a privilege to be interviewing the uh the quadruple afl premier for uh, 2023 so uh yeah first of all just talk us through the year what uh what worked for you what didn't obviously probably more worked than uh than went uh went awry so yeah i guess just advice for uh for some other of the uh less capable fantasy players <laughs> in the group other than yourself uh, what worked for you and what should they be really aspiring um, to get to? Well, <laughs> well, JR, the, uh, the preparation actually happened in about November last year. And I realized I sat, <laughs> I sat down and I, I thought about the season. I thought what went wrong and I, it was all about commitment. So uh, what, I, what I actually did and what I would probably provide advice um, on for the rest of the league is uh, if you do want to win a fantasy flag and take that next step, all you have to do is uh, acquire a job in a new state, uh, isolate yourself and your family, and do nothing but focus, <laughs> focus on fantasy for 12 months. Uh, and if you can do that, uh, and that's the commitment you're showing, I think you're in a really good space to uh, <laughs> to win the league. Um, all, all very fair. I can, I can empathise with that uh, and get on board because, yeah, the year I won, I feel like I did nothing but fantasy for <laughs> For the entire year, and as my kind of yeah dedication to fantasy has maybe wavered a little uh, post uh, post reaching the uh, reaching the summit, I think it's uh, yeah definitely a uh, definitely a true statement. Uh, no, in terms of the actual uh, year itself, I drafted like absolute shit. I look back at that team and I was like, oh fuck. Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you saying you drafted like absolute shit? Because the quote of the draft was that. Uh, You'd equipped yourself with the greatest draft hand ever. So I there did. seems to be a little bit of a, a so, contrast between those two statements. So the best way I could describe it is the Gold Coast Suns have also had the best draft hand for numerous years, <laughs> especially when they first started, and they have been completely unsuccessful. Uh, I did. I came into the draft with, I think, three, six, and nine or something like that, the picks. Um, no, three, six, and 15, sorry. Um, and... 
it wasn't my best draft. Let's just say that. I, you couldn't miss on the first three picks. It's just your, your high-end captains. And after that, I was like, oh, fuck. Braden Proust is propping up. Okay. <laughs> Let's get hurt again. <laughs> um, Are we... Is there a sort of... I don't know. He probably obviously didn't get a premiership medallion, but some sort of, like, token of your appreciation for Braden Proust, uh, like in the mail, maybe like a $50, uh, $50 voucher to motion physio or... <laughs> He actually did get a, a premiership medal. I gave him mine, sort of like Bevo to Bob Murphy style, because with him out the team, Br- Briggsy absolutely flourished. <laughs> fair, fair point, fair point. Um, so, yeah, I had to move quickly and get a few trades going. It basically, it comes down to two things, I think. It's trades and winning those trades throughout the year, which is more or less a flip of a coin because everybody was so switched on with trades this year. Even a, a few people who you're like, oh, yeah, I can go to him and you know get a good deal. Uh, was not the case this year. So you really had to, I guess, trust your judgment that what looks like an even trade uh, would uh, eventually eventuate in your favor. Uh, do you have a favorite trade that sticks out while we're on the topic of trades? Um. <laughs> Uh, one of them has been nominated for trade of the year and it was in my favor. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to hold that for our, at, at the end when we go through the award nominations, but my other favorite trade, which I think went a little bit under the radar was with, uh, Schmidt and it was at the, the peak of Josh Rochelle's arc when he was about here. <laughs> and I think you and I spoke. So round, so round four. Like... <laughs> I think you and I spoke about it. And we said, we're going to have to get rid of Josh Rochelle. I could see him falling off a cliff. Like. <laughs> Well, the good news is you lasted about three games last year and maybe five this year. So if you do draft in next year, anyone, you've got about probably until about round seven before he completely cratered. So. Um, yeah, that was with Schmidt. I think it was Redmond. So uh, I gave him Redmond, I gave him Rochelle, and I gave him Zerha. And in return, I got Ed Richards, I got Lockie Neal, and I got uh, Ollie Henry back, who was a bit of whatever. But Zerha immediately got injured. Rochelle went to shit. And in the end, I ended up basically trading uh, Mason Redmond for... Uh, Neil and um, who's the other one I said? No, Neil and Richards, Ed Richards. Oh, Ed yeah. Richards. Yeah, <laughs> I can't So yeah, that was probably my favorite oh, trade. That's, that's a that's a great trade. Yeah, that, that was probably my favorite trade. trade outside of the the one that's nominated, which we'll get to after. But I think um, just <laughs> recapping the point, I think actually what I probably improved in the most this year was my free agent pickups. Something that you're you're normally pretty good at. You can see the young kids coming through, um, etc. I think yeah, I just and like being a bit smarter, like looking a week in advance, like looking at the injury list. And if you have to drop a player to take an e-score going, all right, who's probably going to be back next week? Oh, Will Powell's going to be back next week. He's pretty good. Grab him in the team. And then, yeah, sure enough. So that's probably the biggest difference. Is there a, uh, is there a favorite free agent pickup that you have? Oh, I went through it. Yeah, there's a few. I think I said it in my uh, exit press. It was definitely Powell. It's definitely Briggsy. But the other one as well, the old man himself, he won me a, he won me a game off his own back, actually. Uh, one of them. And that is <laughs> Liam Shields, of all people. <laughs> oh. He was fucking fantastic. And I will have <laughs> no qualms in uh, drafting him again next year. Or picking him again next year. He he'll be he'll be playing in that team for the next four hundred years, I think. So you, you should have plenty of opportunity. Um, is there a, is there a win that obviously the grand final, but mm. like a win other than that, um, maybe even during the regular season that stands out as you know one that you're 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 really happy with. Oh fuck! Uh, this uh, this leads into another quick, uh, I guess, narrative around my team that I got lucky uh, throughout the year. And I will absolutely go on record as saying a few wins early on in the first half of the year. I was fucking lucky. So uh, I guess if I'm looking at a couple of those lucky wins, the Regan one where I won by like 
eight points because of a Brayshaw tackle holding the ball in the last moment of the game early on. Uh, there was that Liam Shields game with Alex where it came from behind and he ended up beating two players by himself. Um, the Jono game where Tuke Miller went down as my captain and uh, it was an absolute slugfest of like 1350 to 1380. <laughs> Ended up winning it. Um, so there's a few. Sometimes you've got to win ugly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> defense, defense. Um, uh, so there's a few wins there, but I think feeds into the narrative that, oh, you know, the doors got lucky. But I think after that, our team just generally improved. And yeah, I was able to leverage those wins into holding some players and so on. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because I think that really plays a factor. Like, if you can get a couple of like couple of those close wins early and you get yourself to like, I don't know, seven and two, eight and three, it really does set you up really well to like hold some injured guys yeah. um, that others maybe don't have the uh, capacity to do it. So I feel like, yeah, getting wins on the board early is pretty critical to, to being strong at the end of the year. Something that I didn't realize until this year as well, when I was starting to bank a few early wins and I was like, oh wait, actually I can do this. So like previously my draft strategy if you can call it that, was um, like, oh, you know, if a, if a player's injured, just hold him. But then what would happen is I'd lose a couple on the chop because I didn't have those players and I'd have to trade them out to the teams that were successful early. So if you want to win a flag, I'm guessing, um, or if you want to win a flag, I think you have to bank those early wins so you can afford to do that. Yeah, no, no, very fair. And I guess the next, the next sort of thing I want to touch on, you know, obviously there's been some comments around your humility or lack thereof. Um, but sort of... <laughs> What sort of premier do you want to be? Do you want to be like a a, a Lachlan Norman rubbing <laughs> in your face? Um, you know, really enjoy the summer of, of mailing <laughs> off and, and your moment in the sun. Or do you want to be like a, a humble premier? Like I, I'd say a Keithy's is probably the, the most humble premier we've had. Um, and, you know, just just enjoy it internally without, and, and you know, knowing that everyone knows you're, you're number one. Well, the first thing I did was go out and get a tattoo. <laughs> so I don't think I could be quite class in the Keefe's uh, humble basket. <laughs> but I also don't think I'm going to do the summer of Norman or the, as it turned out, the winter of Norman also. <laughs> well, I think he, I think he might still be going. <laughs> oh, and just to yeah, um, touch on it further. Um, any news on, you know, just while we're speaking about tattoos, any news on whether Regan got uh, the April premiership tattoo <laughs> um, sort of inked on himself? Because I, I haven't heard whether that has happened or not. But The day Regan gets a tattoo, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say I'll, I'll hand back the shield, but <laughs> he's, he's the exact type of, I guess, uh, uh, vengeful person that will go out and get a tattoo just to see that happen. So, but he's not going to get a tattoo anytime soon. Um Going back to what type of premier, I want to be somewhere in between uh, Norman and Keefe's. Uh, I like to refer to myself as a premier of the people. <laughs> <laughs> like like a Peter Malinowski's type <laughs> operator. <laughs> no, but basically my mantra is uh, I have no reason to like flaunt it in everyone's face and go, yeah, I'm the premier to the likes of your leeches and your Keefe's of the world yourself. Uh, but I definitely do have tickets on a few people that I will be reminding throughout the next 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> Any any update on that rabbit and whether it's been sent? Uh, <laughs> no, sent I promise I wouldn't get sucked into this. I, I call for less toxicity and it's going to happen. Hundred <laughs> percent. It'll be more toxic than ever next year. Uh, just projecting sort of forward mm. um, forward to next year. Who do you think might be a big improver uh, for season twenty twenty? Oh. Was it four? <laughs> 
2024. I'm actually going to have a look at the ladder right now because I have actually... For- <laughs> <laughs> I just... I haven't paid attention to Pleb Final, so I, I kind of forgot who was in there for a bit. <laughs> um, oh, it's hard to go past your obvious ones like your Normans, your Echoes, and your Williams who are normally around the mark, um, who fell out of the eight this year, who will probably be around there. Um, Stasi as well, like that was a weird... 15th place team this year. He ended up coming really good. He ended up winning. Actually, no, sorry. Won't, won't mention that. Um, if I have to give one big improver, this is going to be controversial. It's going to cause some shockwaves around the league. Uh, there is a few that you can go with, but I'm going to say James Davies will be my big improver because Ooh. he did really well to salvage what I could only describe as the shittest draft I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And he ended up with nine, nine and eleven, only a couple. Well, one win technically outside of the eight. So if he can just have a semi-normal draft and then do his free agent pickups and everything else that he managed to do to keep his team afloat, he actually might be okay. As as the premier and, and someone who had the greatest draft hand of all time, um, <laughs> would you say it might be time, you know, despite his love of them? for James Davies to give the draft uh, Microsoft Excel spreadsheet away for 2024 because he was clearly the most prepared man in the room. Well, he wasn't actually in the room, but um, prepared man in the room. Um, But yeah, obviously it didn't work for him. And as you say, he probably had the worst draft and did a great job to salvage a 9-11 season from there. Um, what I will say is I don't I think that's his issue. I think he actually goes away from the Excel spreadsheet with drafts because what he had was <laughs> just <laughs> an enormous amount of highlighters and like paper just going everywhere. <laughs> it looked like a disorganized mess, like whereas his like uh Cholman metal spreadsheet was nice and clean. He could just, you know, search function if you need. I think he needs to go back to a digital sort of copy. Well, I think he did have a digital copy and maybe that was the problem that he had digital and like a, a, a mess all over the desk of <laughs> textures and highlighters and assorted uh, assorted items. So maybe it's time he needs to just really pick one rather than have the two things working against each other. Yeah, yeah. It's just stick with one. Go for it, Davies. Um, yeah, I do. I, I honestly think that if he could salvage a shit fest of a team, I think if he can draft <laughs> semi-capably, he'll be at least back in the eight. And then, yeah, who knows from that point. But I will say this, if he does win a flag, God fucking help us all. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very fair. And so now you've touched on most, most improved and you have nominated James Davies as the uh, most improved Mm. uh, member of that kind of lower echelon from this year. Um, Now I know you're not going to go as far as to tip him as the uh, premier for next year. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, I guess who are you looking at as a potential premier for uh, 2024? Um, it kind of goes against the most improved because this guy actually finished only one spot above uh, James Davies. But I guess if you're looking at the, I guess, collective form of his uh, fantasy career in the quadruple AFL, he's always around the mark and just had an off year. But I know this man has a fire in his belly like nobody has <laughs> ever had before. I, this man is so passionate about winning or just doing well in 2024 that it wouldn't surprise me if he's somehow training himself right now for uh, what comes next season. Uh, That man is Bradley Williams. He was incredibly close next uh, last time. Sorry. And I think that he just needs uh, to refocus a little bit, 
His draft wasn't too bad. I think he just made some dumbass trades. Don't do dumbass trades, especially with me, Wobbles. <laughs> I think he's actually put a blacklist on me. He said that he's not trading <laughs> next year. Um, and then, uh, yeah, here we find. Here's my pick for Premier 2024. Um, yeah, that's a good pick. I think, uh, you know, his history uh, over the uh, the time of the quadruple AFL uh, indicates that he's a, uh, a pretty safe bet to maybe be back in the mix next year. Um I have also heard, obviously, you know, he's got a bit to do with kind of some some junior footy around the place. I've heard he will be doing a tour of Australia and going to every state uh, pre-draft combine um, <laughs> before this year and, and just getting the, the maximum amount of data he possibly can to uh, be ready for season 2024. Mm. Um, I heard he's, he set up a room purely with, you know, essentially like an NSA uh, level of uh, computer hardware um, to run all the data he can. And that's why he's also uh, going around uh, Metropolitan Adelaide and pinching as many fans <laughs> yeah, as he fucking can. Fucking beat to me to it. Down. <laughs> you beat me to it. Basically, I was going so, to say that he's a very sustainable man and everything's secondhand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in B-Wheel's room of secondhand servers and fans, um, the preparation has already begun for season 2024. So I, I like your pick there. Uh, good luck to you, Bill. That's uh, uh, I think I think you're the man for the job uh, in 2024. So, so just in closing, obviously we're we're a little time limited, and people probably don't want to hear you speak anymore. <laughs> so we, we'll wrap this up. But just any closing advice um, to any of the uh, any people who have yet to win a flag, what they can do, what they should be doing. I know you touched on what you did, which was move to a, a whole other state. But is there anything? Is there any small little details that people should focus on? Uh, yeah, there's one, um, and that's. Just as best as possible, try not to draft injured players. <laughs> I think we're quickly learning in fantasy that uh, it's it's very luck based. With probably, if you want to go back to our very funny segment where we started wrapping uh, the the scribe, not many. It's about twenty percent skill fantasy. So uh, try try to have a bit of luck and, and yeah, just work around the edges with those free agent pickups and trades. There you have it. The advice for all of you guys uh, who, are yet, who have yet to win a flag, try and have a bit of luck. <laughs> that, uh, that's the secret ingredient for next year. So That's exactly what the RBA are saying to like, people with mortgages <laughs> and renting right now. Buy a lottery ticket. Uh, uh, thank you, JR. Yeah. That was a pleasure. Well, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you very much for... Uh, yeah, your uh, your time here. Uh, I'm sure you hated talking about the uh, fantasy premiership that you've won, so it was good of you to grit and bear and, and get through that little segment. Uh, this will be the last time I self-indulge about the premiership unless I need to bring it up to the people who I need to bring it up to. So thank you, JR, for interviewing me. I do appreciate it. We're going to be back right after this with the nominations for the 2023 Quadruple AFL Awards. Um, Just before we start this segment... Just, just looking at this very colourful uh, celebration party shirt that you have on at the moment. <laughs> that's bar, that's barbed wire on the shirt. Uh, is it not barbed wire? No. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's part, it's part barbed wire, and then uh, another line of it is like a rose of vines. Okay, so if I could just set the scene for uh, for everyone, um, <laughs> this is definitely the uh, the bad boy premiere that. Uh, <laughs> That we've all been waiting for. So, <laughs> tattoos, barbed wire shirt. Um, yeah, this this man not uh, not one to cross in trade negotiations. 
I can't believe just on that tattoo, I had to explain to people that it was real after. <laughs> like uh, the, the quick video that they saw, it was like this immaculate like handwriting that was like upside down on my leg. <laughs> I thought it was like a stick on. I, I didn't think it was real. <laughs> it's pretty fucking stupid, but look, well worth the 11 laugh reacts. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, 2023 Quadruple AFL Fantasy Awards. Now, these are the nominations for each of the awards. Thank you to everybody for getting back to me. It was a really tough process, JR. So, obviously, everybody inboxes me privately. I collate the results, etc. Um, and then what happens is I try to simplify it to no more than three in each category. Uh, but normally what happens, especially with meme of the year, we get the odd nomination here and there. So, if your nomination wasn't heard, that's because I went with the... Uh, I guess the ones that were more popular, the one that we received multiple nominations for. Uh, so I do apologize to you, but your voice was heard. Um, where do we want to start? I reckon we start at the top and we go with uh, <laughs> Villain of the Year. Everyone's favorite award. Everyone's favorite award. Um, villain of the Year, we had a grand total of nine nominations. Or sorry, uh, as in nine people nominating for this award. And we have <laughs> one nominee. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought we might get two. No. Oh, that's great. So um, when you go to the, uh, the <laughs> when you go to the polls uh, between now and uh, President Night, think carefully for this choice because your only nominee for Villain of the Year is Regan <laughs> Mastrangelo. It's like a it's like a bit of like a, an election in in a third world country where you have one candidate to vote for. <laughs> And that apparently is the April premiere. So uh, <laughs> that is excellent. Anything chalky there? Not <laughs> even remotely. <laughs> I thought about nominating someone else just so we had some like sort of variability in the in the voting, but uh, I think to get a hundred percent of the nominations <laughs> is uh, it's impressive. It's a spectacular. It's a spectacular effort. So <laughs> congratulations, Regan. <laughs> Uh, moving on to worst trade of the year, or you could actually look at this as best trade of the year. And I think moving forward, we're going to call it, no, we, call, call this just trade. Yeah, of the no, year. I feel like, I feel, I feel like we want to focus on the negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's that's always, the, there's always, there's always a winner out of this. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm, go, I'm going to say these relatively slightly because there's two of them have three parts and the other one have two parts. So the first trade here is Grady Hud receives Callum Mills. Dan Houston and Adam Chera for uh, Schmidt, who receives Bailey Smith, Trent Rivers, and Jai Newcomb. Ooh. Uh, Ooh boy. <laughs> very stacked in uh, Grady's favor there, uh, especially with Adam Chera all of a sudden becoming a bit of a primo. So uh, unlucky to you, Schmidt. Next one, Grady's nominated twice for this award in terms of the, uh, the best side of things. Uh, next uh, nomination, sorry, is... Grady receives. <laughs> this is a fucking stinker. <laughs> Grady receives <laughs> Stephen Coniglio and Chase Jones for Cam Guthrie, who didn't play another game for the year, <laughs> and Blake Hardwick. And Jonna received. Jonna received those two. <laughs> Last trade. Uh, I'm actually nominated for this, which is exciting. Uh, <laughs> But in the positive way, which is good. Uh, I receive Callum Mills, Dan Houston. I just realized Dan Houston features in this twice. Grady received them and then passed them on. Anyway, uh, Callum Mills, Dan Houston, and Jeremy Finlayson for uh, Miles Bergman, uh, 
Luke Parker, and what was at the time the corpse of Key Coleman, then he sort of improved. So, uh, look, th- three very worthy nominations there. There was a couple of others I received, um, but they were the, the resounding few that got nominated. Does Grady undo the great work of his first trade, given the fact that he passed those players on <laughs> and got reamed in the third trade? He, I was talking to him today, uh, just in general, about a few things, and he said, I only lost one trade all year. Uh, in his words, and that was that trade right there. So I think overall he's definitely in front in terms of the trading, but just, yeah, not with any deal involving Dan Houston. Just, just while we're on the topic of Grady and trades, like I, I have to shout out that uh, he did a great job improving his team with trades, um, really you know, launching it into the top eight. But my God, and, and I guess this is why he got good trades done in his favour, but some <laughs> of the offers that this man was... <laughs> presenting uh, other members of the quadruple AFL were an absolute disgrace. So, I mean, good on him, but God, if you, if you fell for one, uh, shame on you. There were a couple of stinkers that I, I, I was offered and I, I just wrote back, why would anyone do this? And then I've realized that he's offered it to everybody else as well. <laughs> yeah. Worst in chat. We also had, uh, 10 nominations for this award. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we actually technically have two nominees, but I've made an executive call that there is no point in offering an alternative uh, an alternative nominee in this when majority of those 10, in fact, nine of those 10 nominated this person. Uh, so worse in chat, which is now known as the John Madison's uh, Memorial Trophy, <laughs> is uh, John, funnily enough. Can you win this award posthumously? <laughs> Well, he's been dead since the start of the year, so. <laughs> well, I, we're going to have to get someone to uh, accept it so, uh, <laughs> accept it in his place. We'll get bats up here or something. Like that. I don't know. <laughs> Out of interest, who who was the other worst in chat nominee? You can uh, cut it. Alex was also nominated um, purely because <laughs> he doesn't do anything and then he, he sends 15 messages to get one point across and then you don't hear from him again. <laughs> so you could make an argument that he could be nominated. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Congratulations, Alex. We're going to have a contest this year. You've been nominated. <laughs> <laughs> but funnily enough, both... Uh... Both on PMPs from uh, from last year. <laughs> um, Alex, I feel like has much more of an excuse than John for not engaging. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now for the three, I left these to the end because these are probably the three most hotly contested awards that we have. We'll start with best in chat. This is going to go down to the wire just based on nominations. I feel. Um, First nomination is no surprise. It is Hot Adam, that is Leachy, uh, <laughs> who has been just on fire all year with just one-liners. That's where, like, if I had to describe his comedy style, it's one line, uh, one line sort of delivery. Um, so well done to you, Leachy. Congratulations on your nomination. Um, second nomination is also not really a surprise, and that is Lachlan Norman. Uh, generally pretty good, pretty good in the group chat. Um, <laughs> I guess you know gives content like Normbet and so on, makes a promo video, so that's a pretty pretty well uh, deserved nomination there. You're not very, nominated very this fair. time, Jr. You this is the award you won last year. Are you okay just winning and just sort of backing off for a year? Yeah, that, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the third nominee is a surprise, but I actually do agree with it, and he's probably more over the last maybe month that he's really amped this up. Uh, nominated by a few people, actually, and that is James Davies, uh, f- 
third nominee for best in chat on the back of that fantastic job in round 18 count. <laughs> that is a very fair nomination, actually. Like, did a power of work through the year with graphics and, um, yeah, and, all, and spreadsheets and all the rest of it. I, I think that's a very, very fair nomination. One I didn't actually consider, but I would, yeah, I would definitely consider voting for. <laughs> um. I think it really was solidified by that round 18. <laughs> and then he, the, he did it the other night as well. <laughs> Put in, I think it was like so at, at the climax of like the grand final, or whatever it was, round 18. <laughs> Very funny. Very good. Oh, if, if we had a moment of the year, that, that would be it. <laughs> um, we don't have a moment of the year, JR, but we do have a meme of the year. And this is very That's hard. almost as good. It's very hard on an audio platform to describe these memes. So I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I'm very excited, JR. Um, I'm nominated twice for this and I I don't know. I, as, in, as, in, as in you created the meme or you're in the meme? No, I created the meme as in, yeah. Oh, congratulations. I, thank you. I know this is an award that you've also won last year with this. <laughs> Very hilarious. <laughs> Leachie, someone's got to support this. <laughs> Which could also be wheeled out again this year, I feel. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm nominated, nominated twice. Um, first one is uh, I've tried to name these memes as best as possible, but I've called it uh, Davies 12th Place Masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, try to describe this meme on an uh, audio platform. Like I said, it's very difficult, but it's basically Davies receiving a medal, uh, shaking champagne, flipping off the crowd, flipping off everybody else that's there. And then the last panel is a uh, <laughs> is a, the quadruple AFL ladder where Davies is actually 12th. And that was on the back of um, a really interesting morning where Davies decided to go on a bit of a tear about how good his team was while finishing 12th. <laughs> And then I think that week then also proceeded like the following week to drop like a 1200 in the, in one of the pleb finals. So <laughs> very timely. Uh, so that's nominee one. Um, nominee two is also from myself. Um, and that is, uh, let's just call it uh, Norman Two Knives. Um, and that was a, <laughs> that was a funny one. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, no, nominee three is uh, <laughs> I can't even describe this. Like, this is like I'm thinking of like Dean's Apprentice watching or listening to this right now. Going, what does this even mean? This is a collective meme. This is a really um, nice one where the, the group sort of collaborated and built on from one another. And it's the uh, the RIP um, uh, Tony Modra, Stuart Jew, and Nixie like <laughs> Happy Gilmore. <laughs> What a combo. All very, very deserving uh, nominees for meme of the year, I feel. Um, <laughs> That's excellent. This group is fucking weird. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Well, the meme, as, yeah, the, the meme section is always, uh, always does create the best memes normally. So <laughs> that one is a, uh, yeah, a resounding, uh, yeah, a resounding winner. Absolutely. <laughs> And then the last award is probably the most coveted of the awards outside of the quadruple AFL premiership, and that is the Tiny Violin Award. JR, I've got a surprise for you, actually. Um, So on the podcast uh, this year, I've actually got the three nominees to send in a 30-second voice recording of why they deserve to be uh, (laughs) the Tiny Violin winner. So um, our first nominee is... 
Grady Hudd, and here is Grady Hudd, coach of the Gina Grindhearts, uh, pleading his case for the tiny violin. The Gina Grindhearts here, and I'm asking for your vote for this year's Tiny Violinist Award. Um, I've been campaigning for the Tiny Violinist Award uh, since before the season actually began, all the way back when Elliot Yo. Uh, blew out one of his dodgy hamstrings on the eve of round one after having a flawless preseason. Um, my season's continued on in that same vein. Toby Nankervis uh, blowing out his foot, having surgery and having six weeks off, only to come back and get suspended for another three weeks for being an idiot. Jeez, um, where else can I start? Callum Mills, six weeks. Um, Will Brody, I know this is a contentious issue, but you know when you draft someone who averaged almost 100 last year and having him dropped for the entirety of the season, I think that's probably counts as unlucky. Uh, look, I've only got 30 seconds. I could spend 10 minutes talking about my injuries, um, but all you should know is that you should be voting for the Gina Grindhearts this year for the Tiny Violinist Award. Don't get sucked into all these other coaches telling you about, oh, look, I drafted Shannon Hearn and he blew out eight hamstrings. Look, if you're drafting 38-year-olds, you got to expect that. But look, um, yeah, vote one, Grindhearts for the Tiny Violinist for uh, 2023. Well, um, yeah, thanks to, to Grady for that submission. Um, that's the longest 30 seconds. <laughs> I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I'm not sure what I'm not sure what was longer, Grady's uh, uh, violin pitch or uh, Keefe's best and fairest awards night. But uh, we we got to the point eventually. Okay, so I'm going to give you the instructions that I gave each of the nominees. Can you do me a favor as soon as you can, preferably within a couple of hours? But if not, it's all right. You've been nominated for the Tiny Violin. Can you please give me a 30-second voice recording saying, Hi, I'm X, Coach of the X. You should vote for me because... Uh, and then give us two or three reasons why you should win the award. The key term there is 30-second voice recording. And <laughs> <laughs> like when he sent the voice, it's, it's, I saw it and it was 1 minute 14. I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, a very worthy case he has put forward, and I guess it was hard to condense it to 30 seconds. Um, so Grady has been nominated. The next nominee is uh, someone we all know and love, nominated for a couple of other awards, who did keep t- uh, within the criteria of 25 seconds. So uh, perhaps keep that in mind when you vote. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. You have to vote on uh, on merit of the tiny violin. Uh, and that is Adam Leach. So I'm just going to play his voice message now. Hello, Leachy here. Coaches to the Dyslexics. I reckon I should win a tiny violin because it's obvious. I had injuries from the get-go. Three out of my first five picks down and then snowball effect all the way down to round 12. And also never got kissed on the dick like the other people up for nomination. I never had any luck with early subs from opposition in that. And uh, I think I'm the clear winner. Easily. Uh, That is uh, Adam Leach of the uh, Dyslexics uh, pleading his case for the tiny violin. Uh, Initial thoughts to Leachy? Yeah, also a a worthy winner. um, And I I think definitely definitely marks for Leachy for keeping it within the 32nd criteria. So a a case that should definitely be considered. Well, the issue is uh, there is a third nominee, but he hasn't sent his voice recording in yet. And I would argue that out of those 
other two people. He's probably the least busy out of the lot, so I don't really know why. <laughs> so you'll hear this person's voice recording um, once the podcast is released because I'll add it in after. We do not have it right now, so we can't live react to it. Uh, but that person is Lachlan Norman, is the third nominee for the Tiny Violin Award. And I would anticipate that if Grady's went for a minute 14, then Norman's may go for three days. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> G'day, boys. Norm's here, coach of the Herds. Uh, I've been asked to sort of speak about my claims for the, the violin. Um, but I know I probably don't have to do that, uh, given you're all aware. Uh, of the disastrous uh, season that I had, um, not of my own uh, doing, but as a result of uh, injuries and uh, and subs and, and things of that nature. Um, look, the subs just every week, um, injuries, blokes come back in, out, tampons like uh, Shannon Hearn, um, Daniel Rich admitting himself, uh, you know, all those things you're well aware of. Um, but I thought I'd speak about my competition, I suppose, for the, the violin. Um, Grady had an absolute kiss on the dick run and uh, played finals. Uh, and he's told us all how he nearly would have won it um, had the eight-point loss to Jono not occurred. And um, Leachy, I mean, Leachy's bad every year, so this is kind of just normal for him. So... Uh, for the Herds to miss the finals and win one game after the buyers, I think uh, that says it all about um, who deserves the violin. So uh, vote wisely, boys, and uh, all the best. Was he unlucky? He didn't mention it at all nah, um, in the group. It was actually an interesting nomination from a couple of people. I, I thought he was, um, yeah, just a run-of-the-mill sort of season. But, yeah, no, apparently he was unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, congratulations to those uh, nominees for the awards. That is a very worthy list, um, particularly for Villain of the Year and Worse in Chat. <laughs> <laughs> with a single nomination, except we've added one for Worse in Chat. Um, here's how the voting's going to work. Uh, you're going to have quite a while to vote, so instead of me chasing you up within a week, I might leave it open for sort of a month. Um, basically, we're not uh, delivering these awards until presentation night, which has been rescheduled for November the 4th, uh, which will be great times all around. Will you be making it to the November the 4th presentation? <laughs> uh, this is one of the worst things as well. <laughs> uh, yes. So, well, yes, you will. So I wasn't going to, and it looks fucking terrible because uh it was i said no before i'd obviously won the premiership and then on monday this week the day after i won the flag our builder got in contact and was like yep yeah, so these these are the dates that you're looking like moving in and we have to do a walkthrough of our house which just happens to be probably around november the third so <laughs> <laughs> and that is through no doing of our own but it just worked out really well so yeah i think i will be attending which is good fun uh, excellent oh that, that that's good news that is good news yeah so uh, yeah, I'll get on to reorganizing that and we'll have a bit of fun there. Um, that is it, JR. That is hopefully a relatively quick podcast. It feels like we've been on for a while, but I think we can get it down to under an hour. Do you have anything else to discuss before we uh, leave? And then basically from this point onwards, we transition into quadruple AFL summer series. Yeah, which which is very exciting. I, I mean, final thoughts for the year. Obviously, congratulations to yourself. Um, you put a lot into the year and um, into the competition in uh, in general. So uh, I think it's nice to uh, see you rewarded for uh, for that effort. Um, also to uh, our loser, um, but he's not really a loser, um, Keefe's 
you know, a, a traditionally uh, very strong performance again. So congratulations on your season. And yeah, just a uh, yeah, hearty thanks and congrats to everyone for the uh, also the uh, the friendship and banter uh, through the year. It's been uh, fantastic as always. So um, yeah, just thank you. And um, hopefully the uh, the pled finalists can make it back uh, from Africa with uh, <laughs> no, uh, no misadventures. So we'll hopefully be seeing them at Prezos. I think you may be the first person on this earth to call uh, Dean a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really, really purely, purely in fantasy terms, purely in fantasy terms. He lost, but that's okay. He was the best of the, lo- he was the best of the 15 losers <laughs> this year. So congratulations to him. That is all we have time for. Thank you to yourself, JR, for a stellar regular fantasy season. I don't think we're done with the podcast. I actually have one last idea before we go around uh, what we can do to keep engagement going. I think we do AFL Summer Series and we can also do like a side podcast or it could be inserted into the Summer Series of uh, a segment called uh, Where Did It All Go Wrong? (laughs) 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 We just interview each coach and they can pinpoint the moment in their season we can talk about it. Well, the good news is we can probably do one already because Grady sent in a 30-minute interview he's done himself (laughs) about what went wrong with his season. So maybe he can be the first one up. I'll chop it out and make it its own episode. Um, (laughs) JR, thank you very much, and we will see you next time. 